he said, stepping forward and handing tuppence to the gatekeeper. Let the young woman pass. He looked up at her then. She heard his words and looked down. She might have looked her thanks to Gabriel on a minute scale, but she did not speak them. More probably she felt none, for in gaining her a passage he had lost her her point, and we know how women take a favour of that kind. The gatekeeper surveyed the retreating vehicle. "'That's handsome, maid,' he said to Oak. "'But she has her faults,' said Gabriel. "'What?' Gabriel glanced back to where he had witnessed her performance over the hedge and said, "'Vanity.' It was nearly midnight on the shortest day in the year. A desolating wind wandered from the north over the hill, whereon Oak had watched the yellow wagon and its occupant in the sunshine of a few days earlier. The hill was covered on its northern side by an ancient and decaying plantation of beeches, whose upper verge formed a line over the crest, fringing its arched curve against the sky like a mane. Suddenly an unexpected series of sounds began to be heard. They were the notes of Farmer Oak's flute, and they came from the direction of a small dark object under the plantation hedge, a shepherd's hut. It was only latterly that people had begun to call Gabriel Farmer Oak. During the twelve months preceding this time, he had been enabled by sustained efforts of industry and chronic good spirits to lease the small sheep farm of which Norcombe Hill was a portion, and stock it with two hundred sheep. Previously he had been a bailiff for a short time, and earlier still, a shepherd only. The wind continued to beat about the corners of the hut, but the flute-playing ceased. A rectangular space of light appeared in the side of the hut, and in the opening the outline of Farmer Oak's figure. He carried a lantern in his hand, and closing the door behind him, came forward and busied himself about this nook of the field for nearly twenty minutes. Then he returned to the hut, bringing in his arms a newborn lamb. The little speck of life he placed on a wisp of hay before the small stove. Oak extinguished the lantern by blowing into it and then pinching the snuff, the cot being lighted by a candle suspended by a twisted wire. A rather hard couch formed of a few corn stacks thrown carelessly down covered half the floor of this little habitation, and here the young man stretched himself along, loosened his woollen cravat, and closed his eyes. In about the time a person unaccustomed to bodily labour would have decided upon which side to lie, Farmer Oak was asleep. The lamb, revived by the warmth, began to bleat, Passing from the profoundest sleep to the most alert wakefulness, with the same ease that had accompanied the reverse operation, Oak put on his hat, took the lamb in his arms, and carried it into the darkness. After placing the little creature with its mother, he stood and carefully examined the sky to ascertain the time of night from the altitude of the stars. "'One o'clock,' said Gabriel." and gradually perceived that what he had previously taken to be a star, low down behind the outskirts of the plantation, was in reality no such thing. It was an artificial light, almost close at hand. He went towards the plantation and pushed through its lower boughs to the windy side. 
A dim mass under the slope reminded him that a shed occupied a place here. He stepped up behind, where, putting his eye close to a hole, he could see into the interior clearly. The place contained two women and two cows. By the side of the latter, a steaming bran mash stood in a bucket. One of the women was past middle age. Her companion was apparently young and graceful. She wore no bonnet or hat, but had enveloped herself in a large cloak, which was carelessly flung over her head as a covering. There, now we'll go home," said the elder of the two, resting her knuckles upon her hips. "I do hope Daisy will fetch round again now. I've never been more frightened in my life, but I don't mind breaking my rest if she recovers." The young woman, whose eyelids were apparently inclined to fall together on the smallest provocation of silence, yawned without parting her lips to any incon.